0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris VanBly. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another audio adventure on Insight. I'm CVV, Chris Van Fleet. So good to have you with us on episode 466 is Ask CVV number five. I say it all the time, but if you're with us on an Ask CVV episode, man, that means you're a real one. So I appreciate you being here. Pretty good chance that you're subscribed or you're following the show wherever you're listening to this. But if by chance you're not, please take a second right now. It really does mean a lot if you were to follow the show or subscribe to the show. So Take a second to check to see if you're subscribed or if you're following, and if not, take another second to actually click that button so you don't miss out on any interviews that we have coming up. And you might have noticed, we've had a lot of big interviews so far this year. I mean, most recently, Stone Cold Steve Austin. We've also had L.A. Knight. Yeah. We've had The Undertaker, uh, Adam Sandler, and Jennifer Aniston's an interview I recently did. And it's funny, people are always so surprised when I have these big celebrity interviews. But yeah, that's what I've been doing for pretty much my whole career. I've been so fortunate to be able to travel the world and talk to some of the biggest stars on the planet. A lot of actors, directors, comedians, athletes, and of course, of course, some of our favorite pro wrestlers. I've got an interview next week with Robert De Niro. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a heck of a year so far. And I'm so glad that you're along with us on this journey, if you're enjoying this episode, please snap a screenshot t- and tag me on social media so I can share it out. I'm just at Chris Van Fleet. Got a lot of questions here using that hashtag #AskCVV, so I'm gonna get to all of them here. I'm gonna get to all of them. So thank you to everyone who submitted a question. A lot of similar questions here, especially with you know some of the recent news that's been going on in the world of pro wrestling. So. Let's dive right into this and kick it off with a hot topic here. This is from Jay Kravhalo. I hope I'm saying that right. At ViperAssassinYT on YouTube. Hey, Chris, it's Jay again. My question for you is, what was your initial reaction to the unveiling of the brand new WWE World Heavyweight Championship? I got to be honest. I think it looks amazing. It's a perfect mix for me of that old school design, a throwback to the classic big gold with a new spin on it. So I love it. And I think that, I hate to say it, but I think that WWE has dropped the ball with a lot of their belts. I mean, I think that four four years ago, almost to the day, actually, four years ago, everyone kind of laughed and giggled when Mick Foley unveiled the 24-7 championship. And obviously they have done away with that now, but I, I saw this belt and I went, yes. And that's actually a championship that I would want to purchase. And it's been a long time since I've wanted to add another belt to my collection. I know we're not supposed to call them belts, right, Vince McMahon? But I'll call it a belt. A belt, title, championship, all the same thing, right? You know what I'm talking about. But I understand. I understand where he's coming from. I understand when Vince says it's not a belt because a belt is what's used to hold your pants up. It's a title. It is a championship. It is prestigious. But I love the look of this. My only problem here, it's not to do with the design of the belt at all, but here's what my problem is. Whenever the big gold or the WWE World Heavyweight Championship comes back into the picture, for me, it's never the world title being the number one, being the the top prize. The WWE Championship or the two titles that Roman has right now, that will always be looked at by fans as like the main prize. And then unfortunately, I think that the World Heavyweight Championship ends up being this secondary belt, the secondary championship. And I just think that it's unfortunate. Like, there's a lot of superstars, and I'm sure that some names pop into your head right now, that have won the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, but haven't ever become the WWE Champion. So it's like, okay, they were so close, but they, they got the world title, but they didn't get the WWE championship. So my issue here is whoever holds the, the two belts, and I'm hoping at some point soon that those two belts hopefully soon become just one belt. But whoever has those championships right now, it's Roman Reigns, and it has been Roman Reigns for like almost three years now. Whoever holds those belts or that championship or championships, but whoever has that title is like the main person. And then it's just so unfortunate to me that the world heavyweight champion becomes like one tier down from that. So that's my only issue with this whole thing. And I know that WWE wants us to believe that they're both in the same tier, but they're not. And fans will never look at it that way. Fans will always be like, oh yeah, that's cool that, He won the world title, but that's only the World Heavyweight Championship. And it's also kind of unfortunate because that championship comes from this, you know, incredible history. Think of all the names that have won that championship. And it just kind of sucks that in 2023, that that title gets introduced and it's like, it's not, it's not the title. So that's my issue with it. I, I think that it's, the design, beautiful. The meaning behind it, though, I just I just feel like it's a little bit lacking. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But it just seems to me that whoever's fighting for the main titles are the main focus. You feel, where, feel me where I'm coming from here? But uh, the championship itself, I think they nailed it. I think they did such a good job here. Charlie Thrower at Charlie Photoguy on Twitter says, "Who would win in a shoot? James Bond or Jason Bourne, not the actors, just the characters. Come on, I mean, I think we, gotta, we got a lot of questions we got to ask here, like which version of Bond? Because I feel like the Daniel Craig version of Bond would annihilate all of the other versions of Bond. But I think if it were really come down to it, if we've got Jason Bourne. It was Matt Damon, I guess in most of the movies, except for that one, you know what I'm talking about? Where it was Jeremy Renner? If uh, I think if it's a fight here, a one-on- one fight, it goes to Jason Bourne easily. Like James Bond is he's innovative. He's obviously, you know, great at convincing people, incredible conversationalist. But Jason Bourne is like a government killing machine. Like I, I don't think that anyone could top that. So I'm going with Jason Bourne here. I love those those movies. I think that Matt Damon man absolutely nailed that role and he's one of those actors that played that role so well that you can't even like picture it being played in that version yeah, without giving too much away here. You can't you can't imagine it being played in that version by anybody else. I mean, this really isn't a spoiler alert, but I guess we find out that there's more than one Jason Bourne right? That Jason Bourne's just like an identity given to these types of people. Okay. That's all I'm saying. So I'm going with Jason Bourne here, but a fantastic question. And please give me more of these for the next Ask CVV episode. Like who wins in a boxing match? This character, this character. Who wins in a fight? This character, this character. That'd be so much fun because we'll never know the answer and we can just talk about it till we're blue in the face and we'll never actually find out who's correct here or not. Daniel Donovan at Lone Wolf DD01. Since Cody will probably win the world championship, who do you think will be the guy to dethrone Roman? Well, I actually disagree here. I still think that Cody is going to finish the story with Roman Reigns. I think that it's Roman gets dethroned by Cody. I don't know when that happens, but it sure seems to me like WWE is lining up that somebody else will be winning the world championship. And I, and I think that if it, this were to take, you know a left turn and veer off into a different direction. and Cody won the world championship. I think it just kind of, you know springboarding off of what I was saying earlier, I really think that this would take away from that whole chase that Cody has been on. So I still think that it's Cody who dethrones Roman reigns. Maybe that's a summerslam thing. Maybe I don't know. This is crazy. Maybe it's not till WrestleMania 40 next year in Philly. But I think that the next person to hold the WWE Championship, the the two titles that Roman has, that will be Cody Rhodes. So just saying it here. Susie says, What's your favorite place that you've ever visited? Whew. Susie hitting me with the tough questions here. I've been so fortunate to be able to travel to a lot of different places. So I'll give you, I'll give you two. I'll give you two, but there's a lot. And there's a lot of places that I haven't been to yet. And there's a lot of like honorable mentions here. So if I don't list where you live, or if I don't list your favorite destination, it doesn't mean that I don't love it. Like I love Australia, love it. But I need to go back there. I haven't been to Australia in like over 10 years. So that would definitely be a place I, would, I need to revisit. But I think number one for me is Hawaii. There is something so magical about Hawaii. Like from the second you get off the plane, and by the way, like the closest American city to Hawaii, the closest mainland American city to Hawaii is Los Angeles, or like, you know, it's a relatively, in quotes, quick flight, because it's like five and a half hours. So it's five and a half hours into the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and then you get off the plane and there's just something about being there. The, the energy there, like the people are so kind. They talk about the aloha spirit. The people are so kind there. And it's just a beautiful place with beautiful scenery and you know, so lush. So Hawaii is great. I've had so many beautiful memories there. I was most recently there last year with, she was just my girlfriend at the time before we were even I I engaged and now we're married, but I went with Rachel and we just had an amazing time. The time I was there before that was, I was interviewing The Rock, Kevin Hart, and Jack Black for a little movie called Jumanji. So that was another great memory there. But there's just something about Hawaii and all the islands have a bit of a different feel there. I love Maui. I love Kauai. I've obviously spent a lot of time in Oahu because that's where Honolulu is. I just, I love Hawaii. So Hawaii, number one, and then Paris is a, such a special place. And there's something about the Seine, which is the river there, and seeing the Eiffel Tower light up and the food and the people and the wine and the atmosphere. I need to go back to Paris. Then that, that, that is high on my list of places I want to go back to. But then there's like the, the dream list of like, where have you not been that you want to go to? Iceland is is really high on that list. I've never been to Japan, and before the world shut down, Will Osprey invited me to go to Russell Kingdom with him. Now, obviously, Russell Kingdom didn't happen that year because the world shut down. But I was so ready to take him up on that invitation because I've never been to Japan and I would love to do that. So there's a few destinations. I, I of course love London, and before the world shut down, I was in London three, four, five times a year doing different. Interviews and different movies, yeah. Like my, I kind of mentioned this, but yeah, part of my real job as an entertainment reporter is not just interviewing celebrities, but going to see movies early. I'm a movie critic. I vote on the Critics Choice Awards. I'm part of the Critics Choice Association. So, as I'm recording this right now, uh, as soon as this is done, I'm going to drive into Burbank, that it's that's just outside of Los Angeles, and I'm going to a screening of Guardians of the Galaxy Three. So. I get to see the movie like two weeks before it comes out, and I'm super stoked about that. So when I'm allowed to talk about it, I can let you know what I think about it. I think right now there's an embargo that you can't you know give your thoughts or your reaction or re- your review on it. But all of that is to say that I would love to go back to London to do some more interviews there. Joshua, who is at MD Real Results on Twitter, says favorite thing about any promotions that you don't get, at big WWE and AEW shows, I would say the biggest thing is the interaction that you get with the wrestlers. Like they are right there. A, you know, bad seat, (laughs) putting that in quotations, at an indie show is like the fourth row. So you're right there. You can hear everything that's going on in the ring. You can smell the sweat. I know that's probably not an attractive thing, but you feel like you're part of the show. And then during intermission and then before the show and after the show, you've got a chance to interact with all of the superstars on the card, all of the wrestlers that are working that show. And I think that that's what's really cool about it. They're they're accessible. And that's not to say that they're not accessible at a WWE show or an AEW show, but you've gotta be sitting like first or second row for them to even have a chance to like, you know, give you a high five as they walk by and to do like an autograph signing or a meet and greet that's a completely different separate event. So I think that what uh, what you don't get at those bigger shows that you do get at indie shows is just a real a like, community feeling there. You feel like you and however many other people are in the crowd, whether that's a few hundred or a thousand people, you feel like you're part of something special that's happening that night. I would equate it to like going to see <clears throat> you know your favorite band at like an intimate venue. We're going to see your favorite comedian at the local uh, comedy shop, comedy store, improv, whatever it happens to be. And you're seeing them with, you know, 100, 200, 300 other people rather than going to see them on an arena with 5,000 or 10,000 or, you know, sometimes even 20,000 people. So, I just think there's something special about that atmosphere. Tom talks rubbish. Thank you for this question. He says does the wrestling you watch change depending on who you're interviewing? I would say the wrestling that I watch on a regular basis doesn't really change. But if I'm interviewing someone, like I'll give you an example. I recently did an interview with Bubba Ray Dudley, uh, Bully Ray, whatever you want to call him. So I was like, man, some of his best stuff was in WWE, obviously, was in ECW. He's now doing stuff with Impact and NWA. So I'm watching Impact and in w- in NWA now, but I was like, man, I want to go back and watch some of like his best of it moments, like his greatest hits. So it's more of like a diving back into the archives and seeing like, man, what, what are the moments that everybody talks about with that person? And you might've noticed with the videos that I've been putting out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube Shorts, TikTok, I'm trying to like dig dig into like, what are the moments that everybody talks about with that person? Like Dolph Sinkler is a great example. So fortunate to be able to sit down with him for the 16th time for the interview that we did recently. And one of my favorite moments with Dolph is his Money in the Bank cash on Alberto Del Rio. And I went back and I rewatched the moment. I felt all of the things that I felt when I watched that for the first time. So that was a really cool thing. So I would say that the day-to-day, week-to-week stuff that I watch doesn't really change that much, but I love to go back and brush up on like the best moments, and I don't want to miss anything there. So there we go. I'm going to take a little sip of water here. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. This one's from Instagram, from N-A-W-X-F. What's the toughest interview that you ever had to do? Whew. Man, the one that pops into my mind here is I was covering the red carpet for a movie called The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, which is probably not a movie that you you really know of. It's a deep cut. But the reason that this movie is so important is because it was the last movie that Heath Ledger filmed before he passed away. So I was covering the red carpet for this, and you know, obviously, one of the biggest things that you want to talk to the cast about was like, what was it like when you found out that Heath had passed away? What were your memories like working with him? So that was really difficult, phrasing those questions. And look, a red carpet's a bit like a party. Like, it's a premiere. It's a celebration of, like, all of our hard work is gonna be shown to everybody for the first time here. This is exciting. And for this thing to be looming over it of the death of the star of this movie, in fact, he passed away during the filming of this movie, and they got other actors to play his role in the film. They did a really good job with that, but, like, this is a big party juxtaposed with, like, while we're celebrating the performances in this movie and we're paying tribute to Heath Ledger, you know, we're also remembering that he's not with us anymore. So I remember talking to Vern Troyer. May Vern Troyer rest in peace. And he's in that movie and I was like asking him about his like favorite memories of Heath Ledger and where he was when he found out that Heath had passed away. So yeah, that that was a difficult one. Um, And that's a while ago. I'm I'm actually pulling this up. That movie came out in 2009. We've got all the world's information right in front of us here. But Heath Ledger was the star of that movie when he passed away. His role was played by Johnny Depp and Colin Farrell and Jude Law. So, you know, three incredibly talented actors filling the shoes of the incredibly talented Heath Ledger, who was taken from us far far too soon so that was a tough one but uh a, a great film and just uh yeah just a really really interesting situation And i feel like i learned a lot from that from that experience there so yeah that's a really good question thank you for that but we're getting personal with this next question here this is from mar underscore cos So mar cause how did you know that she was the one, and that you were ready to propose. Woo! Rachel is so special. My wife, Rachel, is so special. And she's just the greatest person that I've ever met. And I know it's going to sound cliche. And I know that before I met Rachel and people would say this, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that sounds real nice. And you roll your eyes. But honestly, when you know, you know. And I know that's super cliche, but seriously, when you know, you know. And when I met Rachel and we met on our first date, and if you go back and listen to the podcast that we did the last episode of last year, we talked about this. We met at a rooftop in Huntington Beach. It was supposed to be for like a drink and just like a first date and like meet each other. And it ended up turning into like us spending like five hours together. And the conversation just flowed and like, I just felt like this is someone that I had known my whole life. And yeah, just everything about it just felt so right. And I've never questioned anything about it since the second I met her. So so there's another sip of water there. Actually, I don't even know if I've talked about this, but even before the moment I met her, I, I was like, trying to look for a parking spot in this huge garage and I was getting a little bit lost. I'd never been to this place before. And I, I felt terrible because I was running a little bit late and I I pride myself on always being on time and always being like super respectful of people's time. And I was running a little bit late and I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just finding the parking. I'm heading over there. I'll be there soon. And I was walking out of the parking garage and I saw her from a distance. I was like on level two and she was on the ground floor and I saw her from a distance and I just went, wow. Wow, she's amazing. So she, she took my breath away before I even met her and then I did meet her and she's the best. And as I stand here right now and record this, cause I'm standing right now in my closet because the acoustics are really good in here, as I stand here right now, we're about a month away from you know, our daughter being born. I'm just so excited to see Rachel as a, a mom. I feel like she was put on this earth to be a mom. And I'm so excited about that. So that is my long way of saying I am a lucky, lucky man to have such an incredible wife an incredible partner and incredible mother to our daughter. So yeah, super exciting. And, uh, There we go. Thank you for the personal question there. This is from my buddy, Rich Graham, who is at rngram82 on Instagram. What's a regional thing that you've tried everywhere that you've lived and it's just not for you? (laughs) Man, Rich, as you know, I've lived in a lot of different places. So I'm from Pickering, Ontario, Canada. Went to university with you, Rich. In Waterloo, Ontario. So, you know, an hour and a half ish west of Pickering. And then after that, lived in Toronto, Vancouver, Cleveland, Miami, bought a house in Fort Lauderdale, lived in Cincinnati, Los Angeles, and now we live in Orange County. So I've lived in a lot of different places. And I will tell you the regional thing that I tried that was like, I don't know, what are you guys talking about here? And I know I'm going to get a lot of angry people because of this. But Skyline Chili in Cincinnati, it's just not for me. It is just not for me. It's not even chili. It's like spaghetti sauce. And they serve it with a ton of spaghetti. Then they put on this soupy sauce. It's not chili. And then they give you about, I don't know, 73 pounds of cheese on top of that. (laughs) So it's a lot. And I was just like, I was expecting chili. Like I was expecting like the chili you get in a bowl and you eat in a cold day. And that was not what this was. <laughs> so the skyline chili, and look, this is, the thing is people in that area love it, swear by it, eat it all the time. I tried it twice and I was just like, this is not for me, I'm so sorry. I was expecting something different. And even though I was expecting something different, this did not deliver. So I apologize. Who are not enjoying it, but Skyline Chili, it's not for me. (laughs) And I'm going to get a lot of hate from this, but I'm just saying, that's it. Skyline Chili, not for me. Sean Griffin, 9191, says, Will you ever move to New York City? That's such an interesting question because I just talked about all the places that I've lived. And I feel like for me, I went from Cleveland to Miami, Cleveland to South Florida. And I was like, and I moved in December. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never gonna have to see winter ever again. I'm never gonna have to shovel snow ever again. I'm never gonna have to deal with icy roads ever again. Spent five years in South Florida, loved the weather, love palm trees. There's something about being around palm trees. It's just, it's a nice reminder that the weather's nice. You know, where I live right now, it's like quote unquote cold when it's 50 degrees fahrenheit which is like i don't know i do the math real quick like 10 celsius i don't even know if that's correct should probably look that up cuz we've got all the world's information in front of us let's see 50 let's see 50 degrees fahrenheit to celsius it is 10 oh my gosh exactly 10 wow what a guess well wow, that's better than a guess that is just knowledge right there so all of that is to say that I don't really want to live somewhere this cold again. And I, and I know that after I left Florida, I lived in Cincinnati for nine months. Well, technically lived in Northern Kentucky. It didn't snow at all that winter. So the entire winter, I mean, there was like a few flurries, but it didn't snow that entire winter. And then I moved to Los Angeles and Southern California. And I'm like, man, I just don't know if I could ever escape. Like, I, I don't know if I'd ever want to escape the beautiful warm weather. But why this is interesting is because Rachel is from New Jersey. She's from like Sussex County, New Jersey, for anybody who's familiar with the area. And that's relatively speaking close-ish to Manhattan, like maybe an hour or so away, you know, give or take. So it's like, all right. I don't know. I don't know what the next like steps are for us. I don't know if I've ever like said this publicly, but I, I love living in California. I just think that there are some other things like, you know, when we got a, a small child that will be our responsibility in a month. I think there's some, you know, priorities change. And her family is in that area, in the New Jersey area. My family is not far away, like six hour drive from there in Canada. And it's like, it might be nice to be a little bit closer to family. But then it's the trade-off, right? It's the trade-off of, yes, we're closer to family. And yes, you can get a lot more house for your dollars, a lot more bang for your buck. But it's like, what about the weather? Man, what about that weather? I don't know. So the answer to your question is, Maybe. Maybe. This next one's from Rachel, who is most definitely not my wife. No, this is this is from Rachel, who is at RachelLynn324 on Instagram, if you want to give her a follow. That's right. At RachelLynn324. She says, this is such a good question. Wow. What advice would your 40-year-old self give to your 30-year-old self? Oh. <sighs> I'm like, uh, what am I now? Three weeks away from my 40th birthday. Also three weeks away from the big goal. You know, I want to be in the best shape of my life by my 40th birthday. And we are definitely, we're dialing it in. We're dialing it in. All of the abs are back. And it's just a matter now of dialing this in even more. So big shout out to AJ Sims, my nutritionist, who I've been working with. We've been working real hard on this. He's at Cement Factory, on Instagram if you want to check him out. He's done the transformations for a lot of your favorite wrestlers, like Apollo Crews and Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Johnny Gargano, uh, EC3, Rockstar Spud. So check him out, Cement Factory. So all of this is uh, leading up to the 40th birthday. Best shape of my life. Gonna be a father right around that time. May 21st is the due date. Man, it's coming up, so excited so excited. The advice that my 40-year-old self would give to my 30-year-old self is just have patience. I feel like, especially in my 20s and definitely when I was 30, was you want stuff to happen right now. And the advice I would give is have patience. And it's interesting that sometimes things don't work out the way you thought they were supposed to work out And then you realize a year or two or five or 10 later, and you go, oh, wow, huh, that happened to allow for this to happen now. So I would just say, be patient. And what's really interesting about that, and you know, you you know me, you know that I say vague goals get vague results, specific goals get specific results. But let's say your goal is you want 10,000 followers on Instagram. This is a very arbitrary example and you're at 5,000. So you're like, oh my gosh, I want to double my followers. Huge. That'd be amazing. Once you get to like 9,600 followers, it now becomes inevitable that you're going to get to 10,000 and you're like, oh wow, 10,000 doesn't seem that exciting anymore. And you move the goalposts. And I find that really interesting that the goal you've set is it's an achievable goal, 10,000 by, you know, in the next 12 months, whatever it happens to be 10,000 next six months. And then you get close and you go, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. So The goal is no longer 10,000. It's 15,000 or 20,000. And I'm just saying that like patience, maybe set a bigger goal. Two words that Tyler Perry told me that I'll never forget was dream bigger. Stop setting such low goals for yourself. Dream bigger. Dream bigger and like shoot for something that's bigger than what you think could ever be possible. So that is the advice that I would give myself. And I love that we're wrapping this up with a question from my wife, who is so amazing. I love her and I love you guys. Thank you so much for being on this ride with me. It's been, we've almost been doing this for four years on the podcast. And of course the YouTube channel's now been around for a little over 12 years, which is crazy. So the main Chris Vliet channel has 343,000 subscribers. I'm assuming you're one of them, so thank you. The CVV Clips channel is growing at a crazy rate of 1,000 followers and 1,000 new subscribers a day. And right now, as I record this, I think we've got, let's see, we've got uh, all the world's information in front of us right now. So let's see. We've got 237,000 on the CVV Clips channel. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, there'll be more. I'm guessing there would be. But I just want to say thank you for being on this ride with me. And there's so much more that I want to do, and I've hinted at it in previous episodes, but I'm looking into doing something for everybody who's looking to build a podcast, build a YouTube channel, build a personal brand, looking to have some sort of a mastermind around that or some sort of a coaching around that because I get hit up about it a lot. And I want to help as many people as I can. I've also teased the idea of a book, and that's something I'm still definitely thinking about. Not a book about my life. I don't think anyone wants to hear that. It's really not that interesting, but a book about like, what could you do? You know, I had that episode last year and I said, what the F are you waiting for? And I got such a great response from that because there are so many people that want to achieve great things in their life and they're taking zero steps towards actually doing that. So what are you waiting for in your life? Think about that today as we head into the weekend and man, We got some big interviews for you next week. I can't wait to bring them to you. So have a great weekend, my friends. Be great, be grateful, and we will see you on the next one for some more insight.